Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Connie Swanson Lane. In the 1960s, Connie was a tour guide and VIP hostess for Disneyland, and she was the quintessential ambassador in 1966 when she became the Disneyland ambassador to the world. That year proved not only to be an unforgettable one for Connie with her tours and world travels, but it was also historic for Disneyland as well. Connie was on hand with Walt at the opening of a whole new land in Disneyland, New Orleans Square. And from Sweden, she spoke with Walt via telephone for the international theme at the grand opening of the still classic attraction, It's a Small World. With Connie on the phone heard over the loudspeakers, here's a short clip of Walt contacting her during the ceremony. Well, hello, Connie. Uh, I hear you've been uh, really covering some ground. Have you been to Russia? Unfortunately, as you just heard, in those days technology wasn't where it is today. But despite Walt's difficulty hearing Connie on the phone, it didn't put a damper on the celebration. Now, here's a clip of her in 1966 during her ambassador year. I think, first of all, visiting and knowing the people from other countries, that I find that happiness is more or less international. There is no national boundaries here in Disneyland. People are free to enjoy themselves and enjoy the people they're with without being constantly reminded of what uh, politics the other person has or what country he's from. Now before I share this conversation with Connie, I have Jack Lindquist on the phone right now. Jack was in marketing for Disneyland since its opening year and in 1990 he became the first president of Disneyland and it was Jack's idea for the Disneyland Ambassador Program. Hi, Jack. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Well, I'm going to play my conversation with Connie in just a minute, but what are some of your memories of Connie? Well, Connie was the number two ambassador uh, following uh, Julie Ream, and she certainly, she and Julie set the standard of the half century of Disneyland ambassadors that followed. Connie was a wonderful young employee at the park and has been an outstanding representative of what the Disneyland ambassador program means throughout these 50 years. Thanks, Jack. To begin this conversation from 2008, I asked Connie how she got started at Disneyland. Here's Connie Swanson Lane. I wanted to be a tour guide really bad. And I wasn't 18 at that time. You had to be 18 to, to work for Disney proper. So I remember coming in. Now, my father had retired from the Postal Service. He was postmaster. But he's also a farm boy. So he was quite used to handling horses, large horses, and he worked stagecoach here. And my dad had said to me, Don Novus, who used to work yeah, in the Golden Horse. Oh, yeah. You remember Don? <laughs> I, well, I, I know a lot about him. Don yeah. was a wonderful fellow. Really? Um, when his health began to fail so that he couldn't sing, he went into guest relations. And he became the head of uh, guest relations. So, Don Novus, very brief that. period of time before wow. the cancer became too strong. So I knew who he was, I'd seen him perform, so 
my dad, well, I paid my way into the park that day, and I just waited in front of City Hall until Don Novus came out, and I sort of pounced on him. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Novus, my name is Connie Swanson, and I just really want to be a tour guide, and I was hoping you'd give me an application. And Don goes, well, you know, that's not the way we do it. You, you have to go to personnel, and I said, well, but I just really want to be a tour guide. Is there any way, you know, and finally Don just got a kick out of my persistence and he got me an application. I filled it out and gave it to him and I went back to school, was going to Cal State Fullerton and got a call to come in and work for Christmas. Wow. Handed me a 18 page spiel to memorize in something like four days. Really? Because that that was part of your training was to learn all of that. Yeah. And you had to have it verbatim. And he came on trial runs with oh, wow. me. So we'd go out in the park and we'd stand by the jungle cruise and he'd have the script in his hand and to make sure I was reading it correctly. Hmm. So that was my first Christmas that I got to work. Boy, what a time to start working for Disney. Yeah. Christmas is just the most magical time of the year and to have Disney on top of that. Yeah. Was, I cried. I cried when I turned in my costume at the end of the Christmas season. And I said, well, you'll come back. I said, what if they don't like me? <laughs> I was so it was just, seasonal? Only it was seasonal. Wow. What yeah. year was that? That would have been 63. 63. Oh, okay. Wow. So I did seasonal work for guest relations, for on and off while going to school. Wow. So you were back in a few times, not just, it wasn't steady throughout then? Oh, no, no. Wow. When did you finally get a full-time job with Disney, or steady at least? Mm, would have been 60, pretty, pretty steady would have been 65. Maybe even 64, I'm not really sure. Really? Because I would go to school and work, work on the weekends or work on the holidays. And doing tour guide the whole time? And yes. And you enjoy that? Strictly. Do you have, um, I know there's that one story, of course, that I just sent you, but... Uh, oh, jumping in? <laughs> what was it? Because I, I, I actually haven't listened for a while. What was that story? You know, I'd forgotten about that until you, maybe really? it's one of those things you just don't... You know, you did what you did, yeah. and so you don't remember too grandly. Yeah. In Frontierland, in Rivers of America, there used to be one section where there was a giant rock that was an outcropping, and kids climbed on the rocks, and sometimes they went over the edge, you know, and landed in Rivers of America. And so you stopped your tour down there by Rivers of America to spiel, because the Mark Twain, the Columbia, you had really good vantage point. And there was a kid climbing on the rocks and zip landed in. Wow. So I said to my tour, excuse me, I think I'm going in for a swim. And they all go, <laughs> really oh, say it like oh, that? Oh, yeah. I, I probably, probably said something <laughs> yeah. similar, because yeah. what do you say to your tour? Oh, pardon me, yeah. a child is rounding? Yeah. No, you don't say right. that. <laughs> and then just kind of popped in and yeah. popped out. And then he called the desk and said, Cicely, I just went in the rivers of America. Could you send somebody out to take my tour because I'm wet? <laughs> and so they sent a substitute out. And no, I didn't get my hat wet. <laughs> the hats were really a prized item. Oh, really? Oh, Cicely was 
adamant. You wore the costume like it was designed, and the hat was to be worn square on your head, and it was a very soft velvet, and rain would demolish it. And you have to understand, to hold the soft velvet up, we packed those hats with tissue paper. Oh, you're kidding. So you didn't want to take that hat off because cascades of tissue paper would yeah. come out of your hat. And, and besides, your hair looked awful. Yeah, right. I would think so. Under there. Yeah. But, but you, when you go swimming in the rivers of America, you, you take the hat off and let cascading things go, right? <laughs> you know, but I didn't get the hat wet. Well, I'm, I'm a small town girl. And although I'm from California, I lived in Idaho for formative years in Pocatello. And so I didn't get to meet a lot of international visitors. So my first tour, I had a, a German guest with a teeny tiny camera, a camera smaller than your tape recorder. Really? And I'd never seen anything that small. And he'd do very furtive, you know. And it was kind of like, oh, this is so exciting, you know? He's like a spy or yeah. something. But of course, he had the wonderful German laughter and I just fell in love with people. I mean, they were so much fun. And did you have a lot of foreign guests here then? Oh yes, oh yes. And in, in the tour garden, I used to introduce people by where they're from. Oh, like uh, at the beginning of a tour or something? Yes, if someone would come in I'd say these folks are from Idaho, these folks are from Canada, these folks are... and that kind of gave them a chance to get to know one another. I found it better than saying, this is Celeste and this is Bob. And if I could tell them where they were from, yeah. then they'd oh, I went there once. And that would knit your yeah. tour together. So your tour really kind of all got along then. They mm -hmm. all knew each other. That's neat. I like that. Wow. Now, did you, I, I don't want to jump ahead because you've got the whole ambassador thing, but had you ever met Walt before you were ambassador? Yes, you'd see him here in the park. He really, just regularly. And he had a wonderful memory for names. So maybe you wouldn't have your name tag on quite yet because maybe you were two seconds late getting to wherever you were going. But if he asked you your name, he would remember it the huh. next time. Did you come to Disneyland growing up? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you were local and everything? Yeah, I was just a little kid coming here. So you enjoyed coming here? It was hot because we wore dresses in those days. Little girls did not wear pants. You wore little dresses and Mary Jane shoes and no tennis shoes. Well, even as a young teen. Sorry, did I bump oh, that? No, it's okay. As a teen, we used to come out for a date night. You wore a party dress and high heels. Really? Wow. Your feet hurt a lot. I would imagine so. <laughs> and, and they would now, I personally don't know that there would be any, I'm searching for the right words, um, behavioral problems, because everybody was dressed up. The young men used to come in suits and ties, and the girls would come in um, Sunday best and high heels and nylon. <laughs> the song right now is put on your Sunday clothes. <laughs> yeah. So it, w it was a different period of time. In fact, we've gotten a kick out of some of the old pictures because coming to Disneyland involved wearing a dress. Wow. And the boys dressed all Cast well members? in a tie? Oh, the, the, for date night, let's say? Oh, yeah. Was a, wow. Suits. 
Yeah, wow. I remember coming out. Okay, another blast for the past. Roberta yeah. Shore. Do you remember? Yeah, who yeah, sure. The she sang here a couple of yeah. times. And I came out and saw her. And I had a date, and we had date night. Oh, wow. Met her several times. Really? Very nice lady. What was it you were involved in where you got to wear Betty's dress? But what was it oh. that you were involved in? What was that? Um, cast members. See, we were closed on Monday and Tuesday. Which puts you at a little bit of an odds with the rest of the world. So the cast members had a lot of functions for the cast members. We had a drama club. And we did, um, one of our first productions was called American Dame. American Dame? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it took three characters, or four characters from like Adam and Eve, and one of the dancers in the horseshoe played Eve in that one, up through the Industrial Revolution and Pioneer, you know, time. It was a really cute, cute show. I really enjoyed that. But then we morphed into Bye Bye Birdie. When was the first time you heard about the Ambassador? You were working here already, I guess, when they had the first Well, it was ambassador. for the 10th year celebration. Did you try out for the first one? Yeah, I did. Did you really? <laughs> Wasn't good you... enough to even make it in the 15. Oh, there were like 250 or 500 oh girls that came out. The Fantasyland Theater was packed with women seated and standing outside waiting to go through the first interview process. Oh my gosh. You had an application form and um, basically you went into the Fantasyland Theater and went through the first audition and truthfully I don't remember who, who were our first people to interview us. And then I think they dropped it to about 50. For 50, they started doing some serious cast consideration. Yeah. And I lost out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you were at the, was there a ceremony where you were there and they announced it? Mm-hmm. It was so, in front of the castle. Of the castle. With the dancing cake. Really? <laughs> they brought it back. Well, it was the 10th anniversary. 10th so anniversary, so we had a dancing cake. So what happened for from then till the following year? For me? For you. I had a great time. I went back to guest relations. I was taking tours. I had a wonderful time meeting people. And then it was time to, for the, the next ambassador program. And they basically said, very low key, you know, if you're interested, please apply. I believe it was a marketing. So we filled in the forms and they <laughs> called us in and we went through the interview system. And I guess there were. Honestly, I can't remember if there were six or eight of us in the finals. And then we went to the studio, and we thought we were just having a great day. You know, we're going to the studio. <laughs> and we went around and we met a lot of the vice presidents and directors. And, and again, I was sort of naive. I thought this is just like they're giving us dessert. Yeah. I'm getting to see the studio. I'm getting had lunch at Walt's table in the commissary. With Walt? No, oh. he, he did come over and speak with us. Oh, really? Um, actually, he sat with Roy at his table, and we were just giddy. And after lunch, Arlene, um, one of the finalists, asked one of the directors, and I don't remember which one, are you interviewing us? And, and I just went, <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, but you're not supposed to know that. <laughs> I went, huh. well, I guess you've got to be you no matter what you're doing. So 
But maybe, you know, I'd have pinky peed a little yeah. bit more or something like that. Do you think there were other times when they were checking up on you that you Observing weren't aware us? of? I think very possible. Um, our, um, our supervisors, oftentimes you see directors in the park, like on the horseshoe, mm -hmm. at the porch of the Golden Horseshoe as you'd go by with your tour. And what was that? As you'd go by on your tour, you'd pull your tour over and da 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 and you'd look up there and there was Tommy Walker or Dick Nunes or whatever standing on the horseshoe watching you and you'd kind of go... <laughs> and, and, you know, continue on your way. So, I'm sure they observed us. Did They'd Walt ever follow your tours? I had no. heard that he did it. No. Okay. I had heard that he sometimes liked to follow tours, and I wasn't sure if I never had that good fortune, and I'm sure I would have seen yeah. him. Okay. Um, of course, when he'd come in the park, the excitement would be electric. There was a code... Um, R for Roy and code W for Walt, which is security's code. And that, so when they drive through the gate, security'd say, "There's code W out." Wow, you could just <laughs> you could just feel the static yeah. electricity amongst the cast members. They knew when they were here. It was awesome. When you got to become ambassador, did you have a ceremony? Not really. So no, it was very low-key. Um, special delivery letter to my house. You're kidding. No. Do you have the letter? Oh, it's in my scrapbook. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, when they delivered it to the door, my grandmother was there. So it had a special meaning because my grandmother was not well enough to come out to the park. And I just carried it back into her room with, you know, two fingers and said, well, it's a special delivery letter from Disneyland. And so we just all sat there and looked at it for a minute, yeah. <laughs> and that's how I found out. Wow, how so, interesting. And the tour guides made a beautiful flower arrangement with um, Hawaiian flowers, because I love Hawaiian flowers, a bird of paradise and pikaki, and they, they had that for me. But it was kind of low-key. They weren't sure they were going to keep the ceremony. They weren't sure they were going to keep the ambassador program because of other extenuating circumstances. <laughs> So, Jack had faith that I could do it, I guess. So, once he found out that you were named the ambassador with this letter, do you remember what was the next step? Did you come in and report to something? Next step was to go to the studio and they cut my hair. And Even back then, you know, we heard that throughout the years. Okay. Did huh. they, that's part of the package of the contract you sign. They can change your physical image. My hair was about waist length. I was doing Hawaiian dancing at the time and had darkened it to dark brown because there's not a lot of work for Hawaiian dancing. with <laughs> blondes, you know. So we went to the studio and uh, LaRue uh, cut my hair and Jack Link was just sitting there saying, I think it needs to be a little shorter. You know, and He's I'm right fighting there. tears, you know, oh. I've never had a guy That'd see like me her. with my hair all goopy and, and just, maybe a little shorter and then somebody else, yeah, I think we got to do a little shorter. Did they do makeup and everything with you Yes, well? yes, I had a makeup artist work on my makeup and, which involved a little heavier eyeliner than I was used to wearing because minimalist, minimalist approach that we use in the park, it was... It was fun. It was just really fun. It sounds like it. <laughs> so what was the, after 
Well, what was Jack like to work with? So you were working with Wonderful. Jack. Wonderful. Really? Wonderful. And he seemed like very creative. Really. Very. I always had the feeling he was thinking of things beyond the moment. You know, he was engineering something on down the road. Yeah. Really smart man. Hmm. Very very nice too. And what about Frank? Frank is someone I obviously will never get to interview, but. Um, what was his participation in all of this? Well, first of all, Frank Forsythe was ex-Marine. Oh. He was in the Bataan Death March. Yeah. Goodness. So you understand, he was kind of a diamond in the rough. Yeah. He was a very craggy-looking fellow because his years in prisoner of war, as a prisoner of war left a lot of physical scars. He worked, he was an excellent writer, excellent writer. He handled uh, the press, the military presses, and had enormous capability to forgive people a lot of mistakes. Wow. Uh, I found that very generous of him. I don't know that I could have been as gracious as he was. He traveled with us on a lot of first, the first tours. Uh, representing the company, kind of like that entourage that Jack was talking about. So that if I was put in a situation perhaps not to my advantage or to the park's advantage, he could field it for me. Was he considered the manager of the... I really don't know what okay. his official capacity was. See, we didn't use titles a lot then because it kind of restricted you. Yeah. You just kind of knew who to go to for yes, the right things. Yeah, and he worked right? directly with Jack, and I'm sorry, I don't know his official title, Not or if he even had one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Jack had mentioned him and said he did a lot, and he didn't tell me an official title either. So. Probably because we didn't have an official <laughs> title then. Yeah. yeah, Frank was a... I love to hear his stories, too. Oh, really? He was really an interesting man. What was it like being a bachelor? What kinds of things did you do and what was your year like? Incredible. Fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I traveled to Sweden and Denmark and five South American countries and I'm a little foggy in how many states I went to. One time I had someone count it and tell me it was only 35 states <laughs> that I went to. Oh my. So. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> what was the point of going to this, those places? Well, you see, Disneyland was it. There wasn't it was a Disney a World or Euro Disney. And your marketing was to the entire to the entire world. So to promote the park itself, yes. not films or events? No, or... we promoted films as well as the records. Okay. Um, in South America, it was the re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Blanca Nieve. And so we went to various countries. At that time, we were connected with Rank. With what is it? Rank Films, oh, okay. a British company. They handled our release in oh. South America. Rank kind of pioneered, well, you heard that name in the uh, CD you sent me, uh, about how Rank originally piloted some of the techniques that we used in Mary Poppins and then it was brought in in to Disney and then refined so that was the main focus there was to re-release Snow White and Seven Dwarfs and so that's my film 
My yeah. favorite film, obviously. Oh, I love that too, though, still. Do you know that the witch sounds just as mean and as menacing, and the queen is evil in Portuguese, Spanish, or French? <laughs> really? The voice sounds the same. Wow. You would swear it was the same actress no speaking those other languages. Because I would sit in that theater and I would hear Snow White's voice and I'd go, that's really her. And then you'd hear it in Portuguese and you'd go, that's really her. <laughs> then you'd hear it in Spanish and you go, ah, that's really her. Because <laughs> we took care of the dubbing of all of our own films at that time too. Or there'd be a promotion with um, toy manufacturers. So that was a tie in there too. It was more than Disneyland. It was the entire Disney concept. So you were really, as the ambassador, <laughs> the horn was much louder than I expected. <laughs> but um, as the ambassador, you were re representing much more than just Disneyland then. Yes, it, the it entire really was, company. You really were in those days. And Walt's name as well? Yes. And you were the last ambassador to be ambassador during Walt. Yes. The second and last. Mm -hmm. So what were your encounters with Walt while you were ambassador? Well, whenever he'd come to the park, I would report to him and give him an update on whatever marketing um, ploy we'd been using, whatever um, setup and how it had gone from my standpoint. Because he had professionals that could give him the professional viewpoint. Jack could give him a rundown on that. And um, how did my trip go to Sweden and what did I think of it and where did I like so that type of thing. So he was really interested from your perspective. Oh it was amazing from my perspective and a little bit daunting because I idolized him so I was much. Ask he you, was yeah. just so awesome. In that picture that you have where Walt and I are together in the office um, he gave me a attache case and oh, wow. He had, they, we had some pictures that were shot at a globe. Yeah, there it okay, is, the attaché okay. case. Now, okay. he's telling me how to pose for the camera there. Oh, really? In, but, it looks um, like he's just talking to you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> As you see, he's got a three-quarter view. Yeah. And he's telling me I'm not supposed to look straight at oh. the person. Oh, I'm yeah. supposed to look slightly over here. Sure. And it gives me a three-quarter. You can tell yeah. how enchanted I was because I can't stop looking at yeah. him. I'm just yeah. like, I'm standing this is cool. Besides reporting to him, did you ever get to just have conversation with him? Occasionally. What was he like? Generally was he... here in the park. But oh. generally his mind was working on what we were going to do, what was being planned, how did the parade go, what did, how was it received? Yeah. He really cared about what oh, yes. people thought. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Seems like, wow. Huh. I, I had not heard that aspect of it, you know, where he was asking so much about what the people thought. Oh, yes. There was an interview, perhaps this is in the DVD you're talking about, where they were building the stagecoaches. And they said to him, Walt, the, the guests are not going to care if you hand tool this leather. And he said they will care because even though they don't know it, it will be something that registers in their mind and they'll take better care of it. So he was very aware of it. He said coming to Disneyland was like having guests in your backyard. Hmm. 
and you want them to have the, the best time possible. So you want to be the best host or hostess yeah. with your family and friends. Yeah. Huh. That's so neat. What a neat concept. Mm -hmm. Now some of the things I want to talk to you about is what the park was like back in 66, but you were here for my favorite thing, which is Arnie's favorite thing, my favorite thing, which was Small World. Opened the year uh, you were ambassador. Yes. Were you there then for the grand opening? I opened it from Sweden. Oh, I was in um, Skansen, which is a cultural amusement park in Stockholm, and I was with the Minister of Communication, Olaf Palma, and I said the dedication words in that office in Sweden that went on the loudspeaker. Yeah, they were having some communication problems. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, so were you heard? Do you know if you were actually heard? I really doubt that I was. Yeah, we'll have to listen to that, but I you'll be really able to hear, but that's right. Were, I, I could I, hear I, Walt saying, there's some difficulty, we can't we can't get it through, and I thought, oh dear, here I am in Stockholm yeah. with the press and this Minister of Communications, and the line just is yeah. going down. So I read my script as I was asked to do. Um, Skansen, because they have this cultural amusement park, sent a visitor, a representative of Skansen over here. Uh, kind of an exchange, kind of like Tivoli Gardens would have an exchange, only this was Skansen. Well, my heritage is Swedish. My family was born in Ökoljana, um, a small farming community, and they managed to find some relatives for me to meet. So I drove out to their little farm and met, met these wonderful people and I, in Skåne, the county of Skåne, and I just really loved it. Hmm. So maybe they just wanted to have you internationally for the impact of the whole yes. thing. Yes. Well, again, like it's, a, it's an excellent you. marketing tool yeah. because Skansen was willing to send somebody out. SAS was willing to sponsor the flight. And um, we had offices in Copenhagen and in uh, Stockholm, so that wasn't a problem. We had representatives yeah. there. It's oh. wonderful. It was, except so what the when the line went. Being the ambassador of 1966, are there any things that just stand out in your mind or your favorite memories? Just the look of kids' faces. We did a lot of hospital connections too. And um, you'd go into a hospital where a child had not, you'd go in with a character where a child maybe hasn't spoken or because they've been so deadly ill. And then you bring in Mickey Mouse and see their face light up. And there's a physical healing that starts quite often hmm. in times like that. That, the look on their faces hmm. would have to be a highlight. A lot of people talk about that. And it must the be, changes. Yeah. Uh, at least three different people talked about when Mickey went in and a child would speak, one who had yes. spoken before yes. and things. So I can't, it, it just seems like it's, that is something that's such a big impact on all of the ambassadors. And they were it doing is. that in 1966 yes. even. Wow. Yes. Was that, uh, what was the point? Did you just do it locally or would you travel to places? No, I did it in South America too. In fact, we visited orphanages in South America. And because Coke was our companion tie-in company, they would send cases of soda and little toys to the orphanages for the children. Um, a big impact was in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, we went visited a, a polio sanitarium. You know, in the United States, we just don't see anybody. But 
the cost for immunization is enormous. It's a week's wages. Mm. And so sometimes the children would have to be sent to a sanitarium or hospital, and they would send a younger child with them to take care of them. Mm. That was just heartbreaking. But even in those days, the point of you going was just for goodwill. For goodwill, for no other yes. Reason. yes. You were the ambassador when Walt passed away. How, how did you find out? What Did you know he was even sick? Most people said um, not to. No. You didn't even know. know he was sick. How did you find out? Actually, I had uh, just been released and I was hostessing. And Donna Parton, who was my lead, got off the phone and said, Guys, Walt's passed away. And we couldn't believe it. It was like losing a family member. Very difficult. Yeah. Um, most of us stayed at work. Oh, really? Were you here? I was here because that's what Walt would have wanted us to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the flag was lowered to half mast. I'm sorry, I'm not very good at this. It just was very, very hard. And yeah. I stood at the town square for the retreat that night until the flag was totally lowered yeah. because it was my way of saying goodbye. Yeah. yeah. So huh. Sherry Cook's husband remembers me doing that. Uh, he looked he was working in publicity and could look down oh, and he really? saw me out there. The ambassador till the end of the year, and, and that yes. was the full year. Yes. And then, what did you do after that? I was a hostess in guest relations, which is a VIP hostess, or was okay. I don't. Okay. Um, we wore suits, skirts, high heels, hats sometimes, <laughs> and we just took um, a single person or a family on a day at Disneyland. They could be. Perhaps someone politically important, or kings and queens, or just someone that Monsanto wanted, or someone Walt wanted to take have you take on a tour. Yeah. So and that was fun. Uh, that, that, that was fun. Oh, that was the best. I mean, yeah. I went from one best to another best. Yeah. I had a great the time. Yeah. hostess. And is that what you did till you left Disney? Yeah. When did you leave the company? Corinne was born in 474. That's when I left. Is that why you left? Yes. Yeah. It was time to have family. Yeah. And I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.